All right, all you future podcasters out there, let me tell you about something you need to be aware of. I've been looking for different platforms to put my podcast into, and it's kind of confusing. There's a lot out there, a lot of them that charge you, but I found something that you need to hear. There's a platform called Anchor. Now, you need to understand, this one is free. There's no monthly fees, no yearly fees, no fees of any sort, no sign-up fees. It is free. Now, the best thing about it is that it's free and it comes with so many different tools. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, then one of the other neatest things is that Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. All you do is upload your podcast. Anchor handles all the rest. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. First podcast you put up, you can start making money. Now, it's everything you need to have in one place to make a podcast. So, pay attention to this part. It's very important. Go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M or download the free Anchor app to get started. Good morning and welcome to another Sunday School lesson this morning. I pray everybody had a wonderful Easter, as did Cindy and I. Uh, we got, were able to get together Sunday morning, have some family pictures, have some, uh, good quality time, hear a wonderful message and music done by our church, which we're so very grateful for. We do miss everybody. Look forward here, uh, hopefully in the near future of getting back together. This morning, we're going to continue our lesson and our trek through the gospel of John. Still in chapter 6. Uh, looks like we're going to be in chapter 6 for a little bit. Um, there's quite a bit to go over here as well as it being a pretty good lengthy chapter. So we're going, our scripture this morning is going to be in John chapter 6 verses 30 through 36. We're going to look at and we're going to read this morning starting in verse 25. So if you'll have your Bibles ready. Again. Uh, John chapter 6. And if you want to go ahead and find it, we're going to be also reading a section from Exodus this morning as well. So kind of have your finger there. We'll go to there later this morning. John chapter 6, verse 25. The Bible says, As when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when comest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the men which perisheth, excuse me, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth under everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do? What that we might work 
the works of God. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Now verse 30. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, it is, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also hath seen me and believe not. So this is again this continual exchange that we've seen between those followers that were following Christ and his disciples as they were preaching and we had this wonderful miracle of him feeding uh the the multitude thousands and thousands of people from a small portion of bread and and a small portion of fish and then we had this incident where he and his disciples or the disciples left crossing the sea and there came this storm, and his disciples fought at this storm. And then we have, again, this miraculous incident of Jesus walking on water, calming the storm. Now we have this multitude kind of catching up with them, and we have this discourse going on between them and Christ, asking him about fulfilling their desires. And we've had this conversation kind of go up over the last several lessons, that, that those desires being of a materialistic nature. They weren't looking to make him king or to follow him in response to him being the Messiah. They were looking to follow him and gain from what they could gain from him materialistically. That is specifically what they're talking about, the, the bread, this, this natural, this, this reoccurring being fed. And then we have here in verses 30 and 31, again, the Bible says, They said therefore unto him, this multitude then said to him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What doest thou work? Then they bring up our fathers did eat manna in the desert, and it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Notice they say, He gave them bread. Who's he talking about? They're referring to Moses. They're saying Moses gave them bread to eat in the desert. And they're challenging him here. You said, Jesus telling them in verse 29, this is the work of God that ye may believe on him whom he hath sent. He's saying God has sent me to provide for you. And they're saying, well, show us a sign then. Jesus has made some phenomenal claims up to this point in this continual discourse, this multitude. Verse 27, he, he says he is the son of man. 
Verse 27 again, he says, He is the one who feeds man, who gives man bread, which brings eternal life. He says he's the one who God hath sealed. Verses 29, he says he's the one who God had sent into the world. And he's saying he's the one upon whom men were to believe. He's made some phenomenal claims. Yet the people demanded proof. They demand proof of those claims. But don't lose sight of what's occurred here already. They have witnessed, these are the people that were fed with those meager breadcrumbs and from the, the small portions of fish. They're the ones that had, had witnessed this. And it wasn't enough for them. Two facts about the nature of man here. Man focuses upon the, upon the physical and the material. We've seen this already over and over. I believe now for the last probably three lessons, we've talked about this materialistic nature of man. Again, Christ had just miraculously fed this entire multitude. Yet they've ignored that. That wasn't good enough for them. It had not been enough. Let's, uh, we asked you earlier to kind of flip or to hold a place in Exodus. Let's flip over to Exodus. I want to read this account that they're referring to in Exodus chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16. We're going to read a few verses here beginning in verse 1. Give you a second to... Get that in your Bible, Exodus chapter 16. And again, we have here the Israelites as they were now free from Egypt's bondage. They're wandering the desert. They're wandering in the wilderness. And they began kind of complaining. They began complaining to Moses. And we're going we're gonna to read that here. Exodus chapter 16, verse 1. And they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departing of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we set by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full, for ye have brought us forth into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. They've been gone, what, two months, two and a half months? From the bondage of being slaves in Egypt? And they're saying, you know, at least when we were slaves there, our bellies were full. And now we're out wandering in this wilderness and we're going to die of hunger. Verse 4. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And Moses and Aaron said unto the children of Israel, 
at even, then ye shall know that the Lord hath brought you out from the land of Egypt. And in the morning, then ye shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that ye murmur against us? And Moses said, This shall be, when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, for that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which ye murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. And Moses spake unto Aaron, Say unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your murmurings. And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the mornings ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass, that at even the quails came up, and covered the camp. And in the morning the dew lay round about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna. For they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, this is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. So going back to our account in John, the people, they were, they were kind of challenging Jesus here. They said, you know what? You fed us, yes. But they were looking at this account in Exodus, and they, they knew this account. They knew this account very well. And in verse 31, they reference it. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. And it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Moses had fed Israel with manna falling out of the sky from heaven. And what the multitudes here in John that had been following Jesus, they had merely had some bread and some fish. Christ had merely multiplied the bread and the fish from a basket with his hands. Man demands that he first see and then he believes. But keeping in mind that this multitude, they did see, they did experience, they visually saw but they didn't comprehend what was going on. They didn't, they didn't in their hearts understand. When you demand proof before you believe, that's not faith. That's not what faith is. That is contrary to faith. A man must first believe God, then he sees. Faith must precede the seeing. Believe God and he will fulfill the desires of your heart. If you understand and you see in your heart, you already understand, you already get an idea of who this person is. You already understand. John the Baptist has been preaching. This is the Messiah. Proclaimed it throughout the land. We've heard his preaching. We've seen his miracles. 
we, we grasp in our heart who he is. And when we see additional miracles, we come to appreciate them and know that they're from God. These people were just looking for materialistic benefit. And they were not seeing who it come from. They were just looking for more and more and more. Psalms chapter 37, verse 4 says this, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Trust has to do with, with faith. People's complaints were twofold. Christ had not fed them enough. Remember, though, we talked about this. When Christ had multiplied the bread and the fish, and it said they were filled. They were filled. This wasn't just that they'd had enough and then passed it on and still hungered afterward. No, they were filled, but yet they had not had enough. They had not had enough to prove that he was who he claimed to be. They also complained that Christ had not fed them in the right way. He had not given them, quote, that bread from heaven to eat. Moses, when he went to God about the children of Israel murmuring and they had this manna fall from heaven and the quails come in, they, they recognized immediately that this had come from heaven. The people here in the Gospel of John had this experience where Christ multiplied this bread and this fish and they didn't make the connection that this was from heaven. We never have enough. We crave and crave never being fully satisfied. Even in dealing with God, we never have enough evidence or proof to believe. If in your heart you don't believe, you will look for, you'll, you'll, you'll use that reason or that excuse and say, you know what, if I had one more piece of evidence or you might even pray and say god if you get me through this situation i'll believe if you provide this to me i'll believe then i'll turn my life to you then and only then man always wants to tell god how to act and deal with him in his life i'm thinking specifically about kind of what we're going through now with this uh semi-quarantine and kind of excluding ourselves and I was visiting with uh, one of our staff members just the other day, and we were talking about this very issue. And I was, we were kind of visiting that, you know, all the restaurants are closed. Um, you can't go out and socialize and eat there. Uh, obviously, the movie theaters are closed. Um, no sporting events, uh, whether you can go to them or watch them on TV. For the most part, all of our, to use a phrase, lately non-essentials are shut down. Do you find that you're missing something right now? I got to tell you, um, for Cindy and I, 
at least. I don't notice that we're missing anything. I haven't. Uh, I'm a baseball fan. I enjoy sitting down and watching a game. I was looking forward to possibly being able to go to a game sometime this spring. That's not going to happen. But I still don't find that I may miss it on a superficial level, but but as far as it rocking my core or it shaking the foundation of me being able to exist on a daily basis, no. I find that I've had more time over this last few weeks to read, to study, to prepare for, for this lessons, as well as others, and to take the messages that I have that we've heard online and kind of read over in a little more depth than maybe I would have in the past. A lot of the distractions of the world has now kind of been pushed to the side. And I find that there's just more time for that. How about you though? Do you, are you finding that it's just kind of driving you stir crazy and you can't wait to get out to be able to go to that restaurant? Do you finding that um, you're missing something great, and it's and it's really shaking you? We never have enough, and and I don't know that God hasn't used this time to show us what we really need in our lives. I mean, what do we really need? Verse 32 in John, Christ then responds to this kind of challenge from this multitude saying, you know, prove it, prove who you are. And verse 32 says this, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. He's pointing out now that he's saying, I am the true bread from heaven. Man cannot provide true bread or true satisfaction. Only God can. A man must look beyond other men and beyond the things of this world. It's kind of even referring to what we were just talking about. You've got to look beyond the things of this world and beyond the other men and people of this world to provide that true longing satisfaction. The bread God gives, the bread Christ provides is a spiritual bread. That is spiritual food for the soul. It is the bread that man really needs more than anything this world provides. It is this bread that can feed and meet the needs of man's Restlessness, man's anxiety, how about emptiness, loneliness, a lack of purpose. I've had that conversation with people where they say, you know what, I just, what's this world, what, what is my purpose really? I just, you know, do we, we live, we're born, we go to work, we get elderly and then we die. What's my purpose in life? You may experience something like this, this pandemic and really start having a lot of anxiety or restlessness and, and it just, you, you struggle with that. 
because of this, there may be a great amount of loneliness or restlessness again. And, and you struggle with that. And you look toward other men to provide and fill up that need. And you find that it never fully satisfies. God and Jesus can fill that need. He's the only one that can fill that need to its fullest. John, later in chapter 6, says this. Jesus saying, This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a, may, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which come down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. He's saying, the bread that I provide provides eternal life, provides a purpose for your life, fills any loneliness that you may have, emptiness, anxiety, restlessness. The bread that I provide will give you that purpose. Verse 33 says, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. I love this. Christ is that bread from God. The children, or the, the murmuring, this crowd that was kind of coming to Christ and saying, Prove, show us a sign that you say who you say you are. Moses fed the children from from uh, providing bread from heaven. We want that. And they missed it right in front of their eyes. They missed it. And Christ says here in verse 33, for the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. He's saying, I have come down from heaven. I'm giving life to the world. If you just partake what I provide for you. It'll meet all your needs. The origin of this true bread is God himself. The people had requested the bread of God. In verses 34 and 35, you see the people kind of even responding in 34 to that response. They said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. I call him Lord, but apparently this wasn't a, a context of saying Lord in, in an aspect of, 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 of uh, worshiping him. Apparently this was more as a sign of respect. They wanted this bread. They wanted this once and for all bread so that they might have a permanent provision. Remember, after they heard him preaching on the mountain, they wanted to take him, physically take him, and make him their king. They wanted to make them their king, not so they could lift him up and worship him. They wanted to make him their king so that he could provide for them this eternal satisfaction and provide for their ongoing needs materialistically. And they're still kind of looking for that. They want this bread that, that Christ is talking about, this bread that giveth life unto the world. But notice this. The people wanted this bread. They wanted it 
So it provided eternal provisions, permanent provision. So isn't that the same as it is with salvation? Once you partake, I mean, willingly, with a longing in your heart, you have faith and you understand who he is. And you understand what he is offering to you. And from your heart, you ask him to provide it to you. And you have that salvation. This is a perfect illustration and a perfect text for eternal security. They wanted to partake of that bread of life, that permanent experience. Permanent experience. It's telling us right here in, in uh, the Gospel of John. If a man comes to Christ, he hungers no more. He doesn't look for a provider of, 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 of uh, anything in regards to him being able to to live or to have purpose. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you're truly looking for and to be filled in a spiritual way, and you look to Christ to provide that need, you will be filled. And it's a permanent filling. Verse 36, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. For he that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Now if we're noticing though in this, this dialogue that's going on, you'll notice that the, the, the many of the people here, they, didn't, they still didn't understand. They still didn't understand. They, they, they had seen the miracles. They had seen him and they had heard his preaching. They had heard his preaching match up with his miracles. And they missed it. They missed it. They witnessed this bread of life, Jesus, come down from heaven. They witnessed this bread of life come give life to the world. They witnessed this bread of life. He had been seen and he had been seen and, pro being, and been proclaiming. And they missed it. They missed it. How tragic. Yet they asked for proof. They asked for proof. I've had people tell me in the past, uh, why should I believe in God? Can't see him can't believe in something I don't see. I should believe and worship this, this uh, uh, a cow sitting alongside the road. At least I can see it. You know, the thing is, is if, um, if Christ was to stand before many right now, they still wouldn't believe. They still wouldn't believe. There's many out there that Foolishly, if I may say, who knowing uh, kind of the story, the overall general story of Scripture, knowing that end times may come. Well, once the tribulation starts, then I'll believe. Well, that's foolish if you understand Scripture. 
but you could see every believer and witness every believer upon the face of the earth be raptured up. Understand scripture, understanding that that was going to occur, was prophesied to occur, was said in the Bible that that was to occur, and be proof that there is a God and still will reject him. There cannot be enough proof to satisfy man's head logic. It has to come from the heart. It has to come from the heart. If you're longing for him and you already have a basic understanding of who he is and what he provides, and you witness miracles, some would say right now, um, again, when I was talking to uh, specifically Brother Lynn this week, uh, he was mentioning, you know, and, and I agree with him totally, he was mentioning that we hear a lot of press conferences right now about how successful maybe these quarantines or these social distancing uh, measures have, have been and kind of keeping the numbers in regards to this virus down. Some would say, well, maybe it just wasn't as bad as it was going to be. You know, the numbers were maybe skewed. But we hear often from our politicians that it's the people. The people are and, and the success of the quarantine and the and the social isolation. That's what kept the numbers down. Or from some politicians, we hear the success is because I've done such a great job. I heard it from one person this week. One politician did I hear this week actually give credit to the grace of God for the numbers being as low as they are, for the overall sickness being as less than, than it is, for the death numbers being as less as it is. Now, they want to give credit to man. They want to give credit to themselves. But it's the grace of God that we as Christians notice. They're witnessing this miracle right now. They're witnessing this miracle. Every prediction had in the beginning that this was going to be a very tragic event. God set aside some time for us to kind of be separate, kind of be isolated, to kind of understand and witness what goes on. And they're witnessing a miracle right now and they still don't see it. There will be some that see this going on, have a superficial coming to Jesus moment, if you will, say that they've turned their life to him. And just like the people that were following Christ in this account in John, they will look months down the road when we're past this for him to provide more for them. They said, you know what? You, you saved and you protected me during this time and I have this situation coming up. So protect me now. And if that doesn't occur, they lose their faith. Well, they didn't have faith to begin with. If that's the case, if that's the case, they're looking for him to provide for their materialistic needs not their spiritual needs, not their spiritual longing. Any of these people 
that witnessed these incidents here in John, any of these people could have easily come to Christ. Yet sitting there, hearing the glorious preaching, witnessing these amazing miracles, they still did not believe. So again, I challenge us. When we, we have 66 books of the Bible in front of us, we have all of history before us to look at how God has worked. We hear wonderful preaching and teaching from our church and from those in it. We have every opportunity to believe. We have every opportunity to not only believe, but to provide more of our lives to be able to share that with others. We have that opportunity to believe, witness, and to devote more of our lives into serving him. And yet we resist because we like holding on to what we have materialistically. So I challenge you this morning to look at what's important. Is it the materialistic items of this world? What a great time right now to um, reconcile, reconcile what is really important in your life. Those things that have been set aside as non-essential, are they truly non-essential or are they essential in your life? And you're having a tough time with this. If you're finding that to be the case, then uh, go to God with that. Repent from that. Pray about it and devote your life into focusing on the essential. On what's truly essential. And that's Jesus Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for our lesson this morning. What a great reminder into understanding what's truly essential, what truly provides to us this eternal filling that we need in our lives. You provide it for us, Lord. You provide everything that we need, that we long for, if we would just come to believe and understand and devote our lives into being closer to you, into serving you and into sharing your word as you've commanded us to do, Lord, we can have that eternal life, that eternal filling. If we just kind of understand who you are, that you came down here to offer us that bread and then went so far as to sacrifice your life on the cross, providing that perfect sacrifice to cover those sins that we have in our lives today, yesterday, and tomorrow. And then again, as we celebrated last week, but is just as important this week, you conquered death in three days, rising for out of the grave, showing that you lived, that you overcame man's attack on you, 
and that you live and we worship a living God. I pray for everybody out there that is uh, listening or uh, with our church, that you would be with them during this time that we're separate, that you would fulfill all their needs as you see fit. I pray for our worship time coming up, that that uh, we would use that time to, again, be closer to you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And we'll catch you next week um, for our next lesson. God bless you.